I'm Renee Colvert. And I'm Alexis Preston. And this is An Animal Saved My Life, a podcast about the incredible animals who change our lives forever. Hello, Alexis. Cheerio, Renee. (laughs) Now, Alexis, we have been hearing all of these stories about animals who turn out to be heroes, but usually it's kind of an accident. Yeah, like Blake the black cat who saved his person Glenn from a seizure. Mm Mm-hmm. Or Beatrice the beagle. Can't forget Bendito, the stray puppy in the Bronx. Yes, that dog was so cute. So cute. But there are a lot of animals whose lives revolve around protecting us. Like service dogs. They're patient, they work so hard, and they don't really want attention. They just want to be there for us. Ugh, it's the best. And actually, this week, the person we're speaking with is a lot like that, too. Her name is Denise Corliss, and she's a retired engineer. She's got that service dog kind of mindset. And she talked to us from her home in the Lone Star State in Houston, Texas. I just, I just, uh, I just Googled famous statues in Texas. You go, you go, Renee, go. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, let's see. We've got the Bonfire Memorial, like something you've Uh, ever seen? Texas A&M, okay. Okay, Um, the JFK Tribute. Yeah, Dallas area, right? Okay, yep. Uh, Sam Houston statue? Yes, I should know that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, The Buddy Holly statue? Nope. Okay, all right. Um, did you did you Google strangest monuments in Texas? <laughs> yeah, that's where I went wrong. That's where I went wrong. Yeah, I see. <laughs> so I'm aware of um, one closest to me, which is a monument of Brittany that's at the front of our neighborhood where we live. Of course. Of course. That's the only one that matters, according to me. <laughs> <laughs> The monument Denise is talking about, the one at the front of her neighborhood, is a monument to someone very dear to her, her golden retriever, Brittany. So it is a life-size bronze statue of her that is up on a uh, pedestal. Behind her are the American flag and the Texas flag. And then kind of surrounding her is a circle of flowers and landscaping and crepe myrtles, which bloom in the summertime. And then on 9-11, they actually put flags all the way around the monument. So it's quite stunning. How it all got started was, it's my husband's fault. Really. (laughs) Always is. I know. Um, I had planned to train a hunting dog for him. And so I started meeting with some of the trainers and asking a lot of questions. And somewhere along the way, I met someone who said something about search and rescue dogs. My ears perked up and I'm like, wait, what is that? And they said, well, these are dogs that come in after disasters and look for survivors. So I started doing some research and found out that actually locally there were some search and rescue teams. So I joined. Denise joined a task force run by FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency. There are 28 FEMA task forces around the U.S. One of them is in Texas, right up the road. While learning and participating in that, I was invited to go watch the FEMA dogs work. They were having a FEMA test. And I didn't have any idea what that meant. 
And so I said, okay. We drove about four hours to watch this FEMA test. And so I saw this handler, just very calm, told her dog to, to climb, and the dog climbs the ladder. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. Did you yeah. see that? And then <laughs> walk across the plank. She goes, stop. And the dog stops. Turn. Dog turns. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the wildest thing. That's so cool. Right. And then they said, well, we're going to need some victims for the pile. Basically, they hide people in the rubble, cover them up so the dogs can't see them, and the dogs have to be able to find them within a certain amount of time. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, sure, I'm in. And so they put me in the pile, and they cover me up. There's a sleeping bag. I've got a radio. It's all controlled. So I am down there for easy couple hours. Oh, wow. You know that sound of, you know, a dog s- s- smelling or sniffing? You know, sure. Like, yeah, that intense <laughs> sniff. Right, right, right. That sound gets louder and louder. It's like... <laughs> yeah. As it was getting louder and louder and the dog was getting closer and closer, I felt myself just getting more and more excited. Uh-huh. And then suddenly I heard this bark, 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 bark right on top of me. <laughs> and I was thrilled. I was so excited, like, yay, the dog found me. But I also was a bit relieved because I had been down there for a while and yeah. nobody had found me. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, what must this feel like for real for yeah. a victim who is, you know, trapped and, and hoping that they'll be found? Right. And that's when I got hooked. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I want in. Denise started searching for a puppy that she could train for search and rescue service a.k.a. a disaster dog. The day Denise met Brittany and her litter of six-week-old fluffball pups, she brought along an umbrella. So there were a series of tests, if you will, when selecting a dog. One of the things, for instance, is pop open an umbrella. Naturally, dogs tend to have a, a response that is a surprise to them. But it's really about what do they do next step? Are they running away or are they going towards it? And in Brittany's case, she ran towards the umbrella and then grabbed it and, you know, ran away. <laughs> and so Brittany did great in all of those tests. You right. know, she was very pushy as a little babe even then. And I remember noticing that and I said, you know, she's a persistent little pup. I think she's the one I want. Brittany was a fluffy, big-boned golden retriever with wavy hair down her back. And she loved the game of search, Denise says. But in the beginning, you can never really know if a pushy puppy actually has what it takes to become a disaster dog. There was a period of time like, I hope we have what it takes to do this. Throughout that growth period of our training, we were working really, really hard, and we were very diligent about that. But we wanted to be the best that we could be so that we were doing the best for those who needed us. Denise and Brittany trained for about a year. At first, they'd just play simple games of hide-and-seek. And every time Brittany found Denise, she'd get a reward. Eventually, those games got more and more complex until Brittany was on the rubble pile searching for victims she couldn't see. The thing about disaster response is that you always need to be prepared. It's impossible to know when or where the next one will happen. 
But Denise and Brittany, they thought they were ready. Um, yeah, Denise, I mean, I guess uh, we'd like to hear about your first assignment together. So our first deployment was um, to the World Trade Center after the 9-11 attacks. Brittany and Denise go on their first deployment after this short break. That morning, I was actually outside with Brittany training in my backyard uh, prior to going to work. So I was out there with her. My husband knows I don't like to be disturbed. And he comes out and he goes, hey, you need to come in. And I remember shooting him a look like, uh, hey, I'm training my dog. What's right. up with this? Right. Yeah. And he goes, no, seriously, you need to come in here. And the first plane had hit a tower. I thought it was a private aircraft at that point. And as we're there looking at it, the second plane hit. And then immediately knew we were under attack. And immediately knew that the task forces are going to be activated. My mother will deny this, but this occurred. She called in a panic um, because she too realized that the task forces were going to be activated. And she said, like, well, do you have to go? And I said, yeah. yes, Mom, I, I have to go, and I, I want to go. This is, this is what I've been trained for. We actually were the second wave of teams somewhere around September 17th, I think it was. When we arrived in New York, we got there in the middle of the night, and we started the next morning. So when we first arrived at Ground Zero and I saw the pile for the first time, it, it literally took my breath away. I mean, I just, I had seen it on TV, but it, it just didn't do it justice. You, you can't imagine how large it was and, and the amount of devastation and I I just was in awe of it you know hundreds of people on the pile looking for survivors and thought to myself like how do you handle a scene this large and as we're walking a man in a white New York Fire Department shirt, and white means they're a chief or an officer of some sort. I was I was pulling on my uniform and said, um, hey, hey, we need you to come over here right now. And I just kind of stopped in my tracks. I had been prepped that 
I was going to be the second dog in. The more experienced dog would go first, and then if they need me to come in, we would come in next. I just kind of looked over at my search manager, and he's like, okay, let's go. And I go, wait, 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 wait. First dog's supposed to go, I'm second dog, et cetera. He just looked at me kind of you know, like, what are you talking? He's like, are you going to do your job or not? Oh, yes, sir, I'm going to do my job. And he's like, okay, let's go. The gentleman wanted us to search an area because um, they believed there was a firefighter in that area. Mm-hmm. As we're walking over, the gentleman goes, you know, the dog's here, the dog's here. And literally, it was like parting of the sea. The guy's just, move, move, move out of the way. The dog's coming. You know, just kind of clearing a path for her to search this area. And so... I bend down and I reach for a collar and I click the release. Then I tell her, search. And she takes off and all this steel and concrete. And they were spraying water still because there was areas that were still burning. And she goes up this one steel beam. You know, they had been spraying water so it was wet. And this beam, like, it's gone up 20 feet in the air or so. And so she slips, and I'm like, (gasps) but I'm trying to act like I've done this a hundred times and not lose it, but I'm scared for her. And she grips and pulls herself back up onto the beam. And I'm like, Britt, turn. And she turns, Brittany, come. The first time I ever saw a female handler at the test, so calmly told their dog to climb the ladder and to stop. She goes, stop, and the dog stops. Then turn, turn, dog turns. I was thinking of that as she was on that beam. Oh, please, I hope this training is going to kick in right now because I really need it. And, you know, Brett, come. She comes. She was fine. She was doing very much, I got this. I got this. Don't worry about it. We're good. Of course, go. You know, then I send her off again in another area, and she continues to search. It's a 12-hour shift. It's 12 hours at the pile working. We were sleeping about four, four and a half hours. You know, I have a photograph from her first day, and she is just exhausted. You can sure. tell she's just worn out. She was falling asleep standing up. Of course. What a good girl. Days on the pile were long. And in between bursts of search, while debris was being removed, Denise and Brittany would take a breather and wait in the staging area for the next assignment. But Denise noticed that Brittany never really stopped working. We had been searching maybe four or five days or so. A gentleman came up and uh, bent down and was petting Brittany. And then I was looking out at at the pile, and he uh, says, you know, I don't really even like dogs. And then I suddenly, you know, shoot my eyes right back down to him like, why is he petting my dog then? Um, And I'm like, okay. And he said, yeah, but... My best friend loved golden retrievers, and he would be so angry with me if I didn't come by and thank you guys for being here. And I said, oh, 
who's your best friend? And he goes, yeah, well, he's there somewhere. And he points back to the pile. Mm. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. You know, I just, I didn't anticipate the aspect of the dogs comforting people. And, and as they were doing that, they were coming up and telling their stories. And, you know, those, those stories, you know, those, they were tough. Those, those folks went through a lot. Brittany and Denise spent 10 days searching through the rubble at Ground Zero. At one point, someone took a photo of them in the staging area. You know, it happened very quickly. It was just, you know, just an instant. She put her paw on me and then took it off. And, and someone captured that photo. I, I wasn't even aware that the photo had been taken. And often people describe it as, you know, look, what a special bond these two have, which we did. So I am kneeling on the ground, and I am facing the rubble pile at Trade Center. And then Brittany puts her paw on me, on my chest, basically touching my chest. I'm smiling at her, and she's looking at me. And someone captured that photo. Brittany helped Denise get through those difficult days searching on the pile. The photo of Brittany resting her paw on Denise's chest seems like the perfect representation of that. Nine eleven was a horrific event. Mm-hmm. The aspect that actually was a bit positive for us was I felt a sense of confidence that the next go around out, we got this. We were both that way you know, after we came home. Yeah. We can do this. Perfect team. More from Brittany and Denise. The perfect search and rescue team after the break. Brittany and Denise returned home after 9-11. They kept going on missions together. Anytime a disaster occurred, Texas Task Force One would be called upon to respond. And that's exactly what they did. In her career, I want to say it was about 20 different disasters that we responded to. You know, certainly... Uh, 9-11 was one of the most significant. In 2014, on the 13th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, Brittany and Denise were invited back to New York City. Brittany was a finalist for a Dog Hero Award, and her and Denise were going to be interviewed on the Today Show by Tom Brokaw. At the time, Brittany was the last known surviving search and rescue dog from 9-11, and Brittany's gold fur had gone fully white around her face. It was also Denise's first time back at Ground Zero. Going to the site, it was very, very emotional. Anytime I even come near the site, I can feel it inside. I have a physical response. And so it's just still kind of a, a tough, tough thing for me. Um, 
Brittany, on the other hand, is you know, loves the crowds. You sure. Know? So, hey, I'm so glad you're here to see me, 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 me. <laughs> she <course>. enjoys <laughs> she enjoys the accolades and enjoyed the attention. And, um, you know, the folks in New York are, are great and were great to us. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's just amazing. New York pulled out all the stops for Brittany and Denise. They were put up in a fancy hotel. Brittany had a belated birthday party thrown in her honor with gifts and her very own dog-friendly birthday cake. And a cobblestone was dedicated on the plaza at the 9-11 memorial in Brittany's honor. There was even a huge billboard in Times Square with Brittany's picture on it, welcoming her and Denise to the city. It was a hero's welcome. And New York took notice. Yeah, we were walking outside of our hotel, and these construction workers were coming off work or whatever, and they were walking by. And she had her FEMA vest on. <laughs> this gentleman, not talking to me, talking to his friend, goes, hey, did you see those dogs? They're phenomenal. They're doing great. You should have seen them on the pile. They're remarkable, blah, 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 blah. You know? And he was just going on and on about the dogs and how wonderful the dogs were. And it was really funny and cute to hear him, this big burly guy in New York accent, which I'm not doing it justice, but if you could have heard it real time, it was hilarious because the F-bombs were great. <laughs> that dog's the best dog I've ever seen. I can hear it. I know exactly where it went. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God. It was just, I think people sometimes have the wrong impression of how New Yorkers can be. And I mean, they've just been phenomenal, and they've always been so supportive to us. So Brittany was acquiring a fan base, and Denise noticed Brittany's popularity was growing even beyond the streets of New York. And from what she could tell, it had something to do with that photo, the one that was taken at the staging area at Ground Zero, where Brittany was resting her paw on Denise's chest. It started to go viral after the Today Show interview aired. It was just, you know, just an instant. She put her paw on me and then took it off. And, and someone captured that photo. And often people describe it as, you know, look, what a special bond these two have, which we did. Most people, including the media, looked at that photo of Brittany and Denise, and they saw hope. They saw a loyal dog providing comfort in a time of profound crisis. But that's not the full picture. She put her paw on me and then took it off, and, and someone captured that photo. But truly, what was occurring during that time was she was fussing at me because she wanted to go search. And so she was telling me, come on, let's go. Can we go? It does look like just comforting, just pure comfort. But then if you're a dog owner, you also know that look in their eye of, Right, yeah. She was impatient and had waited long enough in her mind. She's looking at me saying, hey, can we go search, please? When you're a first responder, you search for survivors because that's just what you're supposed to do. You show up, you help. So even after days of 12-hour shifts searching the rubble at Ground Zero, running on four hours of stand-up sleep, Brittany was begging to get back out there. How did you feel about that photo kind of becoming the symbol of hope for everyone? 
A lot of people have some emotion when they see the photograph. It's certainly been all over the internet and it's gone worldwide. So it shows up in places and I'm certainly very honored by it, but also a bit taken aback. It's still just a little confusing for me. <laughs> Denise knew Brittany better than anyone, and she knows the truth behind what's going on in the photo. But maybe Denise is confused by all the attention because, like Brittany, she thinks like a first responder. She didn't show up to Ground Zero for a photo op. She showed up to do her job. And did Brittany ever find anyone? No, and we're often asked that. Our job is to search an area. We're looking to make sure no one was left behind. Her job was to search for survivors, and we did not find any survivors. Um, That is fairly typical for disaster scenes. But that seems sort of high concept to convey to a dog. Our job is to make sure that there is no one here to be saved. And I know my dog would tire of that within five minutes. (laughs) So the fact that Brittany maintained the desire to search seems pretty extraordinary to me. We're looking for that dog that's not going to give up and keep searching and keep searching. Even after she retired, Brittany couldn't stop helping if she tried. Once Brittany retired from her search and rescue career, um, she was at home. And after a while, it just seemed like she didn't feel good. So I took her to the vet, and my vet said, you had a dog that was working and training every day of her life, and now all of a sudden she's not. She's unhappy. You need to let her find another job. Brittany had an official case of retirement blues. One day, Denise was talking to a close friend about it when she suggested something. What if Brittany became a reading dog for kids? You know, six or eight children would sit down kind of in a semicircle, and Brittany would lay down in the middle of it, and they would open their books, and they'd start to read to her. Once again, I got this, and, right. you know, she, she's off. Yeah. She was reading for the first graders, and actually she also was reading for the special needs class. And there was one child that was having some communication challenges and that he wasn't talking much to the teacher. And so the little boy, you know, the first time Brittany visited, I don't know that he paid much attention or or at least wasn't especially interested. And the second time she came, seemed to be a little more interested. Right. The third time she came and she was getting ready to leave, the little boy said to the the counselor, you know, is she coming back? And so that was really kind of the first time he was verbalizing. So then when Brittany came back that following week, they said that he had his hands cupped around her face and was kissing her on the nose and talking to her. And so that communication that he was doing with her started bridging over 
And he started speaking to the teacher about Brittany and then developing from there. She was with him year after year for about, I think, five years. And that student was a fifth grader when, when Brittany passed. And in fact, he was there when um, the dedication was done for, for the statue, when the unveiling occurred. Right. He was there for that. Mm. She passed of old age. And um, one of my close friends is our team vet, and I was worried that I might not make the right call at the right time. And she, she said, you know, Denise, you'll know. You'll know when, when it's time. And I was just praying that she was right, um, and she was. Brittany, Brittany told me, um, you know, we laid together the night before, right. and and I knew she wasn't feeling strong anymore, and I told her it was okay to go. And so when we arrived to the vet's office, he had closed his office for that entire day mm. just to accommodate her. And um, we got out of, the, out of the truck and there were the firefighters uh, were standing in line at attention in front of the door for her. And we walked through the line and went in and then we had her draped in an American flag and the task force which is the search team that I responded to 9-11 with they sent a a vehicle to escort her body um, up to Texas A&M University. And as we were driving, our task force folded in with some of their vehicles. Yeah. So we had the procession. When we arrived at A&M, there was a line of the task force members all standing at attention. really meant a lot for those folks to be there and to be there for her. Yeah. Yeah. Just an incredible salute to an incredible dog. It doesn't matter that Brittany didn't find any survivors at Ground Zero or that she never found any survivors in her whole career. Brittany embodies the spirit of a first responder, the one who begs to go under the pile. That's the reason there's a monument to Brittany. If you could tell Brittany anything and you knew she would understand, what would you tell her? Thank you. Thank you for being there and being such a great canine partner and that 
I, I miss you and love you. I miss you every day. What do you think Brittany would say back to you? I got this. Yeah. That seems about right. Denise is currently enjoying retirement, but she stays very busy training search and rescue dogs and deploying with FEMA's Texas Task Force One. And she still drives by Brittany's monument almost every day. She thinks about her all the time. I was laying in bed and she was laying next to me and she's like, like almost nose to nose, right? She's looking at me. And then you'd hear this plop, plop, plop of her tail against the bed, which means she's getting ready to start trouble, right? I'm like, don't you do it. And she goes, bump, bump, bump. And I go, don't you do it. <laughs> but wag her tail, do it again. And then she <laughs> licks me on the nose and takes off running. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode was produced by Nick Farrago. Story editing by Evan Roberts and Nora Canidas Boydell. John Ross is our sound mixer. Real quick, if you've been enjoying the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. Every time you leave a positive review, a dog wags its tail. I'm Alexis Preston. I'm Renee Colvert. And you've been listening to An Animal Saved My Life. Join us next week for another incredible animal story.